0: All right, everybody. So today on the podcast, we have Mark Lobliner. How you doing, man?
1: Man, I couldn't be better, dude. I actually trained my son today, 13 years old, and he's trying to make gains. And I'm like, well, I'm getting ready for a show. So if you can handle and we crushed it, man. I mean, he's a he's a beast. Yeah. Kids 96 pounds. Our goal is 110 by January. I have him eating four peanut butter jelly sandwiches a day. You might say, Well, Mark McDowell I bar. No, he's like three of those too. Um, PB and J, kids like him. And they're very calorically dense, and when you have a metabolism like my son and me, but this kid is a beast, man. It has been a good day. How about you, man?
0: Good, good. Yeah, I just finished up with my last patients a little bit earlier today, so it's good. I'm glad we were able to fit this in. And uh, it's funny, you know, we—I reached out to you. Well, you competed fairly recently, and we talked yeah. about that. Um, I don't—you probably don't know this, but you and I have very periodically talked over, I don't know, years. I mean, you know, from like comment sections on YouTube to like an email here or there, but you know, like little things. Um, but I'm glad we're actually able to finally connect like this and get the podcast going.
1: Yeah. I love talking to people. That's the thing. I'm the guy who goes into grocery stores and just talks to the person checking me out where she's like, well, this guy just shut the hell up. I mean, I'm a very engaged, talkative person and, Mm -hmm. uh, I love talking about things and I love learning things. And when you stop learning and you stop, and I talk a lot, but you also notice I listen. And a lot of people who talk, they like to hear themselves talk. I like to engage people. And then I like to ask them things like you go to the grocery store. You never know what you're going to learn about humanity in general, just by talking to some random person. And, uh, the thing I like about podcasts is that I was, I'm a podcast aficionado. I've been binge, uh, listening to Huberman lab. Have you listened to him yet?
0: I have seen him on,
1: I think he was on yeah. Rogan and he was on, um, he's, he's a genius, Nickel, right? He's a genius. Yeah, the guy's amazing. So I'm binge listening to him and I didn't do, it does, I started listening to him before um, he went on those podcasts. I started listening to him because my brother recommended him and there's also one how, stu- how things are, I, I, I ask people, smart people, because I live in Brentwood, Tennessee and the average median income is like a fucking lot. So these people make a lot of money. Hmm. Usually people with a lot of money know a lot of stuff. And they usually listen to podcasts. It's crazy. So I'll get a lot of ideas from them. But if you guys don't listen to Huberman, the the, the dude's smart, right? He's just really smart. So it's good to be here, man. Yesterday was your birthday, right?
0: How old did you turn? 28. 28? I'm 41.
1: 41. Uh, 41's great. I've never felt better. Um, I've figured out a lot of things like stuff. I I feel better now than I did in my 20s or teens, for that matter. I wish I knew the stuff I knew now when I was in my teens, cause I would have crushed it. Like if I knew the stuff I teach my kids, cause I'm the head strength coach at Ravenwood high for the wrestling program. You know, mm-hmm. I got 70, 80 kids under my wing. And if I knew this, if I knew the stuff I teach these kids, I would, I would never have had knee surgery. I would never have had problems. And that's why I donate my time. Cause I don't want any kids or anybody to suffer. And that's why I say things that are politically incorrect to help people with their health. Um, or to spread information that I feel is helpful because I want people to live. You know, it's funny when you take a stance these days, that's against the mainstream um, narrative. You get labeled as things like anti the V word. I can't say, I don't want to get you canceled. Mm. Anti V, anti-medical procedure. I can say that one. Um, I'm not anti anything. I don't care. I'm a bodybuilder. I don't care what you inject into your body. God knows I've injected a few things in my body, but I like, I like being able to educate people. Like I'm not like, Hey, just take this steroid, right? It's like, no, no, no. Here's the benefits. Here's the negatives. Let's talk about it and talk to your doctor. Cause it's not for everybody. For me, for the medical procedure, my doctor said under no circumstance, should you ever take that because X, Y, and Z. Because my doctor knows my medical history, and he knows my my allergies, and he knows what I've put my body through, and he knows perhaps some underlying cardiac issues I have either. There's a reason why they ask your family history, Mm -hmm. and there's a reason why I never went to Rite Aid, and I never went to a zoo parking lot for a medical procedure or a shot. The reason is my doctor, and I don't think we should do anything, any of these things without go to your doctor. Like that's all I'm saying. I don't care what you I don't care what you do with yourself. Your kids, they're your kids. People disagree with how I treat my kids, how I raise my kids. By the way, my kids crush it. But I'm not going to tell you how to raise your kids. I'm not I'm going to just give you information. We're going to have a dialogue. But we can't have dialogues anymore. But my goal, like my dad literally died from complications from type 2 diabetes. My mom's a drug addict. So, I'm not going to sit here and be quiet when I think, think again, it's my opinion that I have an answer to help people. And my goal is to help people period the end. And I have no idea what the original premise was, but I love what I do. And I love people. I want people to live. I want people to prosper. I want people to be lean and healthy and vigorous. I want people to feel just for one hour a week, how I feel for 24 hours a day. Cause it's awesome.
0: Yeah. Well, the original premise was about you know I guess you could tie that into how you're feeling now at 41 because of your birthday. And yeah. just to get it kicked started here, I know we said that for every one of these podcasts we do a charity donation. You mentioned that yesterday you guys did for the Special Olympics of Tennessee. My Is birthday, that right?
1: Yeah, yeah it so, was for my birthday. I have neighbors um, whose kids are are nonverbal, um, really you know beautiful children, but you know they have severe autism. And uh, every time I donate. You know we've given over probably a hundred thousand dollars cystic fibrosis my daughter's best friend um, had cystic fibrosis in north carolina um you know we gave to duchenne's muscular dystrophy my good friend dr stewart we his son got diagnosed to duchenne's muscular dystrophy and to see what this kid mm-hmm. goes through and he's the movement specialist imagine being a movement specialist and your kid loses the ability to move like oh my goodness right yeah. and then we gave to children's cancer because obviously you know, well, what happens is a lot of the money goes towards breast cancer and that's, that's fine and good, but a lot of other cancers that need help get overlooked. So we found organizations, the Shepherds Foundation and With Love Charity that were phenomenal because they were smaller organizations that we could really help. And we were their largest donors ever.
0: Nice. So, yeah, and we will definitely have a link to that. And um, if there's like a specific link you used, Mark, you feel free to send that to me.
1: Yeah, I'll send that to you right away
0: cool 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 so now um you know speaking of your family i think you and your wife both see the same doctor or at least like i know in your previous videos you did right and she was also under um hrt with him
1: yeah so she's so a lot of things now his medical i don't know if i should talk about but i will because i don't care i mean she's stuck with me right like but so my wife was on she had all these all these underlying things right like her testosterone was off her energy was off her sex drive libido was was very off and i i don't not tmi but i'm i'm a pretty sexually driven in, individual you know i'm a testosterone driven male and i like sex and it was to the point where it was it was affecting our relationship and so she got with dr kurt at hormone health and wellness and he he got her to a good point Now, long story short, she had a breast explantation. She got her breast implants taken out. Turns out the breast implants were the cause of a lot of her imbalances. So right now, um, she's basically off of everything except for a minor dose of thyroid hormone. Hmm. But he did put a Band-Aid over the bullet wound, so to speak. But the bullet wound, and I I encourage you guys to go watch the videos my wife and I did about her explantation surgery on YouTube.com slash Tiger Fitness is... breast implants are poison. They're evil and they're an invader in your body and your body will have some terrible autoimmune issues. We're still working on detoxing it with sauna and, um, and with, well, I mean, we get this, um, why am I blanking on the name, but you know, sauna and we're, we're doing other things to help, you know, basically detoxify glutathione. So she has glutathione that is prescribed by the doctor. So he's also helping her with that with me, you know, it's, um,
0: Cause I did see, it. I saw that, um, the video on the explant, I remember being surprised cause I, I do remember, I don't know, it must've been years ago and you guys were talking about the implants and you said something, you're like, yeah, like I love those things. And, you know, just kind oh. of, like joking about it. But then <laughs> I think, uh, I've heard actually more and more about, you know, this, this issue with breast implant illness that people get and everything. So.
1: It's the biggest surgery that the, uh, breast surgeons are doing now is they're taking out what they put in. Um, at least and my wife has an appointment tomorrow, a follow-up and Mm. you know, yeah. I mean, who doesn't like big tits? I mean, they're cool, but I honestly like, like them now. And honestly, like we've been, we've been together since we were 16 years old, right? Like we've been together since 1997, do the math. I mean, we're going on 25 years, bro. Yeah. Like I love my wife. It doesn't matter how she looks. You know, um, I'd rather be healthy. And honestly, I like I like him now there. He did a good job reconstructing them. You know, I played with him a little last night, had a good time. You know, it was good. So, I mean, it's. uh, Yeah,
0: I mean, if you don't have your health, it's you can't do anything. Right. I mean, everything else becomes more or less irrelevant. So.
1: Well, I mean, superficial stuff ends in the first two years of a relationship, from my experience. And I only have one experience to so take that for what it's worth. <laughs> but, you know, my wife and I, I just want my wife to be healthy. I want her to be happy. And, you know, honestly, it, it doesn't really matter, um, in my opinion. It, it just doesn't matter. So looks are superficial. Obviously, you know, I'm vain. I have, I'm, I'm, I'm quite narcissistic myself. But as far as my wife, you know, I'll, I'll have people talk shit like, oh, your wife's not a fitness mom. Like, No, she's not. She's very confident and she's very comfortable in the skin she's in and she exercises. Her health markers are tremendous. And that's all I care about. I'm with a, I'm with a, a strong woman who helps run businesses, who helps raise to, who raises the children. I'm, I'm not really a nurturer. I'm more of a a coach Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and, and she's my, my lover, you know, but that's, that's so far down the list, but it does play a role, you know? So, you know, for me, it's about, I want her to live, you know, I don't, I don't want to outlive my wife. I want her to be alive and healthy and well, and our good times are from smiling at each other. Not, you know, not kinky uh, cosplay, you know? But
0: you know, it's interesting though, even seeing like, obviously as the relationship goes on, as your life goes on, you, you, you know, you go through stages, you mature through things. And I've actually seen your YouTube channel since I don't know when you, the inception of it was, I probably started seeing it around Me 2014 and 15, um yeah. you know, like this was the days of like uh when Jason Blaha was was you know pimping out your protein powder for a little bit, I think it was maybe. Yeah, it was a it was a
1: unique time. Everything kind of yeah. went <laughs> to that. He kind of um, lost his mind. Um, I mean he completely lost his mind it used to be fun. And then he did a, I think he did at least, I think it was two videos a week on why I suck. And it was mm-hmm. absurd things like these crazy charges. And this this weird, like it, it was just, we, yeah, but those were the good old days. When I first started YouTube, it was the Hodge twins,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Louie, Marco and Scooby. That yeah, was yeah, it. Scooby. And then I came and then I came in and, and then, then uh, uh, that was to 2011. And then around 2013, you saw, you know, Chris Jerry, Jones Warren. In, and Jerry Warren, all those guys. And I, I, I mean, I'm, friends with 90 percent of those guys you know we yeah. still matt ogus ogus is great i fucking love matt ogus
0: i li- actually lived pretty close to jerry ward um we only had some like email interactions nothing i never met him in person or anything but it has been it, i don't you know really follow him much anymore but he seems to have gone through like a whole whole transformation there and i know they yeah. obviously blah and uh, ward had beef and you and Warhead beef, and now you and Ward are friends. It's just kind of interesting to see how you yeah. did it evolve. Well, you we know? grew up.
1: I mean, we were immature, and Jerry was man enough to call me. He said, "We need to talk," and I'm like, "Dude, I am so fucking sorry." You know, I'm like, we were both immature idiots, and we got caught up in our own internet hype because people want to see you fight, mm-hmm. and they egg you on. And, they're like, and then and then you just go along with it. And I'm like, dude, we're, we're fucking 40 year old middle aged men. We need to squash this. You know, he actually was the man who came up and said it. I was a bitch. I was just like, I'm not going to I'm ignoring it. But Jerry, I think the common thread of those of us, you say, have changed, have evolved is we all kind of find found God in our own ways. You know, Jerry became more religious from Christianity standpoint. I went back to my roots in, in Judaism so i think that finding god and, and and finding a purpose and realizing that there's more to life than talking shit on youtube i think that changes you fundamentally and also me getting cancer you know albeit a minor form of cancer i consider old cancer to be serious and you know with, oh, yeah. with my, yeah, wife, you my wife my right? yeah, had skin cancer and it sucked and, it, and I, I i still have a big ass scar and it was scary you know it was fucking scary i mean having to call your wife and say hey they just called me with my results and i have to go in next week for emergency cancer removal and you're like oh shit Mm -hmm. and uh it's scary but luckily for me it was isolated my body was healthy enough to keep it from spreading and you know again it it goes back to living a healthy lifestyle i could have had this cancer since i was 10 years old i don't know nobody knows and i could have kept it remissed because of my lifestyle because of what i do um well, you know, at the end of the day, it's you live once, you know, and, and you got to make that count. But Jerry and I, I mean, he we we talk all the time. It's good to have him in my corner and I still talk to Ogus and Chris Jones, my business partner. So it's great.
0: OK, I don't know if I realized you and Chris Jones were because I've gotten a little out of that realm of the YouTube scene. So like Chris Jones, I, of course, know of. I don't know too much detail about him. Um, I didn't know you guys were business partners, though.
1: Yeah, we own uh the Pump Chaser supplement line together and oh, okay. you know we talk we talk daily. Um, you know, there's a few people, Brandon Curry, you know, he and I are business partners, and obviously Mike Rashid and Shantor body and ambrosia. And you know, I have a lot of people I work with over the years, and you know, my my strength isn't social media, my strength is running businesses. Yeah, and 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 that's it. And behind the scenes, that's what I do well at. That's why people are like, oh man, your YouTube's not. I'm like, I don't care. I mean, well, that I never was going to p-
0: say, yeah, because your, you know, your YouTube. I don't know how many followers. You have hundreds of thousands of followers. I don't know 400K. the exact number. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, and obviously, you, you see this a lot on YouTube, where you know the, the views might not match the subscriber count because yep. almost everybody at some point had this, right? And then over time it tapers. But as you mentioned, like that's not what you do. I, I even had, you know, again on a smaller level, I had somebody comment about. A video I made and they're like, oh, well, you're, you're clearly making these type of videos for money. And it's like, dude, do you know how little (laughs) I make on YouTube? I mean, it's not even.
1: Well, I mean, you're a, you're a dentist and you have your own practice. Right. If YouTube's contributing over 2% of your income, you're doing something fucking wrong. Right. Um, (laughs) Like you have your own practice. Like you're a full grown man. You know, it's like I do videos because I feel I need to get information out. And that, that's, that's the bottom line. But you know what happened for my channel is people just aged out. Like if you look, Ogus ain't doing anything. You know, mm-hmm. Jerry's channel. Here's the thing. Like a lot of those people subscribed in 2013, 2014. Exactly. You realize I have six YouTube channels that are inactive that I don't use. Like I got a bunch that and they're subscribed to people. They're subscribed to channels. There's a lot of people who never deleted their YouTube account right. who are subscribed. Like, but I mean, at the end of the day, there's people who are just more interesting than me. Like Chris Baumstead is more interesting than me. I'm a 41 year old wrestling coach. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's, it, and I talk about health and wellness and, and, and things that aren't as, as interesting as, you know, these younger, better looking dudes. And that's fine. I, I, I there's no ego where I'm at because as a business person, I have to be able to sit back and subject uh, objectively, um, look in and say, here's where I'm going. And I, I'll, I'll continue to do videos uh, most likely to the day I die. Cause I have something to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I'm done saying something, when I run out of things to say, I'll stop doing videos. But if I have a topic I want to speak on, I do have a platform. I do get upwards of ten thousand to twenty thousand views of video, and you know, there's it's it's just what I do. It's part of what I do and who I am. Not to say what I do, but it's part of who I am.
0: I think it's a good outlet. You know, I, I mean, part of it for me with the podcast is that it's nice to. Meet so many people. Um, I've gotten to meet a lot of people in the industry, some people outside of the industry, even just like commenters and stuff like that. So I think it's it's a good outlet, like for speaking your mind and and everything. So I I did see you say somewhere, like you know, you'll continue to make videos, and it's kind of like, why not? You know, it doesn't take that much effort, especially if you're just putting a video. Obviously, some of these videos can be very highly edited and can take tons and tons and tons of hours, but not mine. (laughs) You can just kind of put it out there, you know.
1: Mine are just me talking with an intro and an outro. That's it. Yep. I mean, I keep it simple. It's information. It's not, if you want information, you, you got information, you know, I'm not going to edit between every pause I take. Every time I take a sip of coffee, I'm not going to edit, you know, I'm going to put it up there. It's like a conversation. Yep. And if you want to it's like, think of it as a uh, short form podcast, right? right? Like every video I do is a, is a 10 to 15 minute podcast. And I'll go in like the other day, I wanted to do a, a six minute video and it ended up being 20 minutes. Cause I had stuff to say, and I don't do a video like I need to do this video. It needs to be five minutes. Needs to hit this target. Here's the title. I'm like, nah, I, I really want to address this issue and let's see what happens.
0: Do you think that, I mean, almost certainly it is a lot harder nowadays to break into both bodybuilding from a competition standpoint, because there's so many more competitors. It's so much more popular, uh, YouTube, Instagram fitness, all of these things. I mean, I would say when I was getting into it, well, when I was like really getting into lifting and that was 15 years ago, but when I was seeing the YouTube scene, And you could have a pretty basic channel and blow up. And now you almost have to have professional editing, you have to have like a top tier physique. Do you find that it's just harder and harder for people who maybe are 20, 25, etc, to get into it?
1: It's much easier, actually. I mean, as really? far as from bodybuilding, yeah. I mean, bodybuilding competitions there, you know, dude, think about the 90s. Like, you had one stage fighting for a pro card, Chris Cormier, Flex Wheeler, Ronnie Coleman, Mike Mendelston. Like, you had, like, it was so competitive. Kevin LaVroni, so competitive, so competitive. So, and from a social media standpoint, you never know what's going to work. But, you know, you have... Generally speaking, you have a lot of people who you don't need a pro card. Like that's the difference. Back in the day, you had to do good at bodybuilding to get a name. Like you had to compete. Half these people will never compete, and most and ninety nine percent of them won't. They're just guys who have a hook, who have something that people like, you know. Um, and and they roll with it. And there's a lot of people who have just figured it out. And that's cool. Whether it's someone who does calisthenics, whether it's someone who does motivational stuff, some of it, I don't even understand why they get the following they do, but they do. And that's awesome. So I actually think it's easier now than it was because everybody can sign on to Instagram and give it a go. We didn't have social media when I started. We had message boards. Yeah. And you can't go viral on a message board. Like yeah. you just can't because it's that specific message board. Yeah. You know, my, my biggest growth right now is Twitter. Because I'm older and yeah. I have political opinions, and that helps me a lot. Like my Twitter's been growing like wild; it's really? crazy. Yeah, and uh, Instagram is sta- static, stagnant. YouTube's YouTube's growing. YouTube's still growing about seven hundred, eight hundred subscribers a month. Hmm. Um, okay. so people are subscribed. Like I'm getting new people watching.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So I mean, that's actually
0: pretty uh, good. Not, is, I wonder why your Instagram would be stagnant. Because for me. I don't do Twitter and I don't do TikTok. I just refuse for the time being to get on them. I just don't have the interest. But those Twitter's are
1: pretty- so fucking it's so so uh, toxic. But it's it's Seems such that way. it's uh, if if you're looking at a place that you can monetize, uh, Twitter's it.
0: So how do you monetize on Twitter? Like you're paid, or it's like you actually just, uh, you, you, sell just promote-
1: you sell oh, stuff. You sell stuff. It's a promotion dream. Yeah. Um, once you get in, but you, you can't be you can't be milk toast on um on twitter you have to have a stance and mm-hmm. you're going to piss off half the people like you half half the people are going to hate you if you're a conservative the left's going to hate you if you're on the left the conservatives are going to hate you if you like crossfit the bodybuilders are going to hate you if you like it's 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 a complete shit show <laughs> but man it's it's a great place to do business
0: yeah yeah i mean I, i've heard that in general um, so let's, uh, switch a little bit because I know you've had obviously a long history of large businesses and you've talked about, you've worked with Weeder and I think you worked with Stallone at some point. Was that? Yeah, right? that,
1: that was, that was a shit show too. Oh, yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> Can you expand it all or you want to not talk about it?
1: Well, I mean, I helped, I helped found the company. Um, I had minority ownership, very minority ownership, you know, I was part, I was, you know, I was a founding shareholder, so to speak. And, uh. They uh they basically used my talents to launch the company and then they fired me, um like three months in after I left a very lucrative job at Weider um and it wasn't Sly like Sly's you know kind of what I he, 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 whatever he was a nice guy but um the CEO John Arnold and this other guy Vince Andrich they were just complete cocks mm-hmm. and um and it's it was the greatest thing ever happening because it led to me starting Salvation but at the time man man, I took a risk to go there and I did everything I should have done. And they, they just didn't like the fact that I stood up and it spoke my mind. You know, they made some bad decisions and I was the only one st- raising my hand, like guys, that's not a good decision. Mm-hmm. And here I am, this young whippersnapper, 24 years old. And, and they, uh, they, they shot me down real quick. They didn't, they didn't need that smoke, but it, you know, it was, they, they expect me just to go line and toe. But the thing is they ended up bankrupting. So, mm-hmm. and I'm still here and I'm still, wealthier than all those motherfuckers so what oh, i
0: remember a story you meeting sylvester stallone you're talking about him boxing or something like it's like do you think you're a boxer but you actually do boxing now right so i don't know if you're yeah, things. i
1: really like the dude would shadow box like for no fucking reason yeah like it's <laughs> like dude you've never actually been in a real fight like calm down um <laughs> yeah I, I i took five years to box because i was really you know i was just done with bodybuilding you know it was like it wasn't good for where i was at in life um i wasn't able to handle the competition prep and life in general and, and i was kind of disenfranchised with the politics and everything that went on that i don't think it's an issue anymore and in, in then i think they've cleaned it up a lot tyler Mannion and those guys have done a great job but you know um i need to do something competitive and and i i, I really like competition i like fighting and, uh, I took up boxing and it was, it was an amazing five years. And I just recently went back to bodybuilding this year because my wife was like, you got to stop getting your ass kicked because I'd come home like just destroyed, you know, it's cause yeah. you know, I mean, I've never been knocked down and that's the problem. Like I can take a punch and I'm not very good at defense. So I, I'm not like, I started doing it in my mid thirties, right? Like right. these guys have been fighting since they were like in the womb. Yeah. So I'm going up against these pros who, you know, in sparring, who've literally been fighting their whole life, and you know, I'm I'm fighting for my dear life, and I can take a punch, but that's the problem. I can take a lot of punches. So yeah, my wife was right. You know, I make money with my brain, not my body. Uh, so I asked her if I would go back to bodybuilding, and she said yes. And you know, two weeks later, I was on a stage winning a show. So it was kind of cool because so you're I didn't
0: unboxing completely.
1: I wouldn't say that. Um, I'm I'm bodybuilding. But yeah, I, I I was in there yesterday hitting the heavy bag when my kids were working. You know, I got a little workout in. It felt good to hit it. Um, I don't know if I love it like I loved it before because it was kind of my outlet and I've learned to love bodybuilding again. But, you know, for me it's it's a hobby. I just can't just put my toe in it. Like if I'm gonna be a bodybuilder, I'm gonna be a bodybuilder. If I'm gonna be a boxer, I'm gonna be shadow boxing like sly. You know, it's just right. it's really hard for me to just. Casually do something. I'm an extremist.
0: Yeah,
1: I am an ext- I'm extreme, and it's a, it's a blessing and a curse at the same time.
0: Yeah, I have that problem myself because you know I was competitive in sports, and I find that for me, if I, I don't want to do something, like okay, I'm going to put some time into it, and then it's like, well, what did I do it for then? If I'm just going to like casually do it. Now, don't get me wrong. There's something to be said for just like having fun sometimes and just enjoying things, of course. Yeah, but. I, I know, like for me, like with boxing. Okay, well, my hands are my career, right? So I, I really, you know, have to be careful. Ah, that's with a that. bad
1: idea. I yeah. still got, I still can't like this. My thumb right here, I jammed it a couple years ago, and it still hurts. Yeah.
0: So, like, and, a
1: couple, I don't even know what's wrong with it. It's just some kind of a thing. Um, yeah. My buddy,
0: who uh, I, I wouldn't say he introduced me to Rocky. I, I obviously knew about Rocky, but uh, he's a huge Sylvester Stallone fan, and so he, he's on his way to be a neurosurgeon and he was boxing. I was like, dude, you you can't do that.
1: Yeah. That's, that's like a, that's like a lung doctor who smokes, you know, it's like (laughs) getting hit in the head repeatedly. Isn't the best thing. And I've been, I've had five, had five concussions when I played football Mm. and I have probably had another five from boxing. I mean, there was one time I parked in the wrong parking spot, like by my house, you know, Mm. I'm always like, Where's the van? I'm like, uh, we, uh, uh and you're just sitting there looking at your computer and nothing's happening. I'm pretty sure that was a concussion. Okay. Um, wow. but you know, what are you going to do? Get a CAT scan? Like, okay, I have a concussion. I won't get hit in the head for a week. I'm good. You know, it's like, I know that's not the right thing to do, but
0: yeah. well, so now that you're back into bodybuilding, because you did compete recently, right? Uh, yeah,
1: yeah. I got third in North Americans. I, mm-hmm. I barely, I, and I, I, I shrunk down to light heavies because I, I, I didn't have an, enough muscle because I haven't trained for, but I was training. I was getting ready for a, um, a boxing tournament um, okay. in Atlanta on August 28th. And I literally decided to compete in bodybuilding um, like two weeks prior. And then I'm like, well, I'll just go and do North Americans. I have no business competing as light heavyweight, mm-hmm. but I didn't have enough muscle to be a heavyweight. So I sucked down to light heavyweight. And, you know, I looked I, I'm very proud of what I did, but a little more time would have been, you know, awesome. Uh, but I did win. I won a show and that, that got me where I needed to go. And now I'm getting ready for Master's USA in uh three weeks. So I'm I'm really ready for this. This one, this one's gonna be my show. Like I'm I'm fucking ready.
0: How so one thing I think people if if they recall your early YouTube days, but honestly it's still the case, is you seem consistently always super lean, right? Some people said, oh, these guys on trend year round and whatever, but you also, I don't know if you grew up overweight, but I've definitely seen pictures where you were quite overweight. So it's
1: unusual to go from one to like constantly being lean, right? Crazy. I don't know. Um, Can you change your phenotype? Uh, Can you change your metabolism through lifestyle? Now, I will say I was a fat kid, but I did get lean, but to get up to the weight I was when I played football took a lot of work. Mm. Like I ate like a motherfucker. I, I, I when I say ten thousand calories a day, like we lived in California, so In and Out Burger, I'd eat a five by five every day. You know, I'd eat. um, and McDonald's had ninety nine cent Big Macs, okay. and this other one, it was they don't have it anymore, but they had this other burger. It was like a quarter pounder, but it was a little bit bigger, and I'd get like five to ten of those, and. <laughs> And I remember, and then when I was in, when I was going into college and training camp, I used to go, they'd have cheeseburgers at McDonald's on sale. And I would literally buy like 10 dozen of them and put them in my, my little fridge in my, in my, in my dorm. So to get to that size, when I say I was eating, I was eating like I had mass gainers. I'd mix it with ice cream and whole milk and creamer. Wow. I mean, I ate and I ate and I ate and I ate. And then when I got done bodybuilding, you know, I got, I got done. I'm sorry playing football. Um, I went in. How heavy power- were you
0: for football?
1: I got up to 295 was my heaviest. Uh, I did the. What I did the, um, Well, theoretically, I'm five foot. Five. I'm anywhere. I'm, I'm five foot eight ish. Okay. Depends time of day. Like five foot seven. End of the day, five foot eight. When I first wake up, probably. So it
0: was huge.
1: It was and, and I still ran so at 280 I got clocked at a, a 468 in the 40 yard dash. So I was all fast twitch. Jeez. Um I was fast as shit so when I got recruited for college you're going to move to fullback dropped me down to 245, and all I had to do was just stop eating for two days, and I'd get down to 245. I knew that it was easy for me to lose weight. Like if I missed a meal, I would lose five pounds. Well,
0: yeah, if you were um, forcing it that much. Yeah, sure. I was
1: forcing. I, it was definitely contrived. But you know, after I stopped playing football, I'm like, oh, well, this sucks, and so I got down immediately to 245. Um, and then I got approached by uh, the editor I was working at Weider, and the editor Jerry Candela of Men's Fitness Magazine. He said, Hey man, if you get in shape, man, you'll be perfect for the magazine. Now I was 20 something years old, had the jaw. I, I was, I looked pretty fucking good. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, that sounds good. So I got lean. I got down like one seventy-five, and they kept pushing back the fucking photo shoot. So I held this uh-huh. weight. They, I held this weight for somewhat like months, months. And I'm eating just chicken and broccoli, chicken and broccoli, chicken and broccoli. And after that once my eating habits were established, it was, I stayed lean. And this is like at 21, 22 years old. And the the fattest I ever got was after my father passed away, I kind of let myself go and stopped. I I trained hard, but that was just a stress relief. But you know, I was eating more comfort food and mac and cheese and shit like that. But that was the only time that I got fluffy. Hmm. That was the only time I got fluffy. But other than that, uh, since my early 20s, um I got lean and and whether it's lifestyle or metabolism, but right now um most days I'm at you know upwards of four thousand calories three weeks out from a show
0: so wow still and and how much do you weigh now
1: so right now i'm about i was two fifteen the other day um I think we're jose has uh, jose Raymond's helping my prep I can't do my own prep I'm not that good. I i i'm too too, uh, I'm too subjective with myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he has me lower carb days. I'll get down to like two Oh eight higher carb days. I'll get up to like 215. So it just depends. Like my body loses it. That's the thing is that I'm different. I lose weight easy. Like I can drop four pounds today if yeah. I miss, if I miss a couple meals. So wow. it, it's different. Everybody's different. And that's why you can't cookie cutter things. And, um, am so- I
0: remembering correctly that when you were, uh, pre the uh super supplements, you had done like some fitness modeling at like 155.
1: Men's fit. So I competed at 154. Okay. Um, my modeling I was in the 170s. well um, okay. getting down to lightweight, I did that for one show, and boy, did I look like shit. I mean, I sucked down too much, lost muscle, but then my best look up until right now, which I feel is my best look, was as a middleweight. Um, middleweight 174 is the top of middleweights for those who don't know. I thought that was a good, clean look for me, um, but man, I think I think what I brought to stage this after not doing it for so many years, I think that was my best look at light heavy. And I what I'm about looked, to do, yeah,
0: yeah, I thought you looked really impressive. Um, I'm just thinking, and obviously there's a you know length of time span there as well. But would you say if if those days, you know, you had the 154 and then maybe low 170s, and now you're looking at you know maybe 210, 215,
1: 215, yeah,
0: yeah, would you say it's accurate then that Going to the uh bodybuilding supplements side, you're talking almost a forty to fifty pound difference in stage weight.
1: I think it depends on the individual and their consistency.
0: I mean for you. And they're
1: and they for me, I'd say if I was because I was natural when I was a middleweight, right? Like I was a yeah. hundred seventy-four shredded natural. Okay. Uh, it depends. It depends on a lot of variables. Like it depends on training intensity. I find training intensity be most under everything. Like, it's 80% diet. I'm like, who the fuck did that math? Like who did, like what study is that coming from? <laughs> the one thing I've seen is when I train, like even Jose, who's Jose Raymond, who's retired or at least not actively competing at the moment. He came here. We did leg day and that motherfucker did leg day. Like I was like, Oh, he came to play, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then you look at like guys I've trained with, like Phil Heath, he trains intense, but it take, he takes longer rest periods. Brandon Curry trains more long. Um, he'll go out on sets. He's more of a volume guy. The one thing I've noticed about the best bodybuilders, like look at it this way, man. Everybody has the same fucking drugs and they all use the same coaches who use the same drug cycles on pretty much all of them. Mm-hmm. Like you're not going to have one coach have one guy on this much trend and the other guy on this much trend. The difference I've noticed from all the people I've trained with, like if you've trained with Kai Green, which I have multiple times, dude, you're there for three fucking hours, and and you're warming up with 45 minutes of cardio. That's your warm up, and the guy is already dripping through 12 hoodies by the time you get to the workout. <laughs> I mean, Dana Lynn Bailey. Oh my God, she's a fucking beast. So. The one, and that's why I post this. And these these nerds, like I, I post on Instagram today. I'm like, dude, I put I posted a screenshot I did from Twitter. I'm like, it's training intensity and consistency. No, way. you could gain and lose. I'm like, okay, you're, you're missing the boat. Obviously, you need to fucking diet, right? But the difference between a good and a champion physique is training intensity. It just is, and. Unless you've trained, I've trained with Dorian. I've trained with Ronnie. I've trained with Jay. I've trained with Kai. Look at this name dropping. This is awesome. I've trained with so many fucking Olympias. I've trained with every Olympia just about. Every Olympia who's still living. And uh, the main thing that separates, the reason Ronnie was Ronnie is because he broke his back. He trained so hard he snapped his back in 2002 and kept training through it and won like eight olympias in the process mm. training through a broken back so intensity is everything and when i was a boxer you know one thing you talk to julian cortez up at music city boxing he'll tell you this he's like mark has good power he's not the greatest boxer but man every session he came in there and he worked and he didn't say no and he didn't complain and everybody who's ever trained with me either the bodybuilding's different like I'll have days like today I'm training my 13 year old son. We still went in to the point where I had to apologize afterwards for being a dick. You know, I'm like Thomas, I'm three weeks out. He's like, yeah, I got, he's like, can we train tomorrow? And I'm like, fuck yeah, we can. Hmm. So I'm cursing a lot. I apologize. So I'm getting caught up in my, my feelings, but yeah, it's, it's, it's anything in life. You got to attack with intensity. And there's a reason why you have your own practice because you have a mindset of a winner of a champion. And it doesn't, and that's why, that's why I take cold showers. That's why I don't take hot showers. I'm not thinking that it's doing anything magical. Uh, all it does. And by the way, my my testes are shriveled up all day because of it. They never drop down. <laughs> my yeah. wife told me. The, my wife told me the other night. She's like, "Your balls just they they don't they don't get warm anymore." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm in a constant state of shrinkage. I'm all day no balls." So the thing, the thing is like. As long as I still have a penis, I'm good. So the thing is, um, I do it because it's about being uncomfortable. And a lot of people, we're in a comfort society. So when you're training and you get uncomfortable, it gets your mindset. Your mind doesn't know anything. Your mind doesn't know training versus office discomfort. It just knows discomfort and it lets out different hormones, You know, different things that help you cope with it, whether it's dopamine or whether it's serotonin or whether it's epinephrine. Your body knows these physiological hormonal responses. So if your body is able to cope with physical stress, imagine what you could do when you have 20 patients, you have to see every single one of them in the next two hours, and you're also managing the front desk. That's what weight training gives people. And that's why just going in and doing something isn't enough. You have to get uncomfortable. And I try to get uncomfortable as often as possible. Every morning it's in the, it's in the twenties and thirties out here in the morning. It warms up to the sixties during the day a lot of the time, but I'll walk outside in shorts, nothing else. And it sucks. My nipples are hard. And, but you know what?
0: I would say on yeah. average, there's there's definitely a mindset that I, I noticed with people who have been in like the lifting game for like a very long time. I was talking with my buddy who you know, he owns two practices now at my age, and yeah, he, crazy we were talking about it, and he also lifts and everything. And I shared a message I got from somebody else who they're dentists as well, but they don't do anything else. And they're like, "Man, like I, I, it just it zaps you, and like I can't do anything else." And my friend and I look at each other like, "Man, like." we both own a practice, like this person doesn't own, we both own a practice, we both work out probably five days a week. Uh, We both have other endeavors that we do. I I obviously have the podcast and the YouTube channel, Instagram, and it's not like to try to prop myself up. It's more just like, and and even then, I'm still kind of like, okay, what else can we do? But that is a mindset that a lot of people don't have. And I I mean, I'm sure there's a nature and nurture, you know, argument to be made there. But it's definitely a mindset I see on among people who have been lifting for a really long time.
1: Well, and also like I'm a first generation American, like my mom's an immigrant and immigrants have a different fucking mindset. Most business owners in this country are immigrants. And the reason is, is that they have this different mindset because this is the land of opportunity. I always tell people, I'm like, and I did this, Jack Murphy, we did a, his, his podcast and it was amazing. And we were talking about this. I'm like, people go, they do their nine to five job and they're just done. Fucking do something else. Start a side project. There's no reason why you can't make side money. You know what? If I didn't have all the jobs I have, right? If I didn't have ambrosia, if I didn't have all this stuff, if I didn't coach. You know what I would do? I'd fucking deliver Uber Eats. I have a neighbor living in... Now, these, our houses in our community start at $2 million. Okay, I have a neighbor who delivers Uber Eats to pay off some shit, right? To pay off her house. It's just extra money. Bro, she's crushing it. She's yeah. like, Yeah, I was sitting around fucking doing nothing. I'm like, I'm gonna go fucking deliver Uber Eats. And she's hmm. destroying it. Like, I'm talking like $100, $200 an hour.
0: Really? That's stupid money. One of my patients, he's doing Uber Eats as well. Is Uber Eats or whatever the other one is. And um, he, yeah, yeah. And he's,
1: I was surprised by how much he was making. I mean, it was pretty good. It is stupid money. Anybody who doesn't have a side job, I'm sorry. I don't want to fucking hear you complain. If you're only working eight hours a day, shut the fuck up. Mm. Shut the fuck up. I work 16, 18, 20 hours a day on Thanksgiving night. You know what I'm gonna be doing? I'm going to be right on my YouTube channel, on my Instagram, doing a live to make sure that people have the sale going on at Tiger Fitness, right? right? I'm going to make sure I do it. Like if you're, and also, I coach full time. I'm coaching 20, 20 hours a week at a high school level. You know, It's like, I don't want to hear... You say you don't have time and I'm raising three kids and I'm taking them to travel soccer games every weekend. I was just in, uh, I was just in Birmingham, Alabama this weekend. I was in Atlanta the weekend. I was in Charlotte the weekend before my wife's in Atlanta. I don't want to hear it, dude. At the How end of the day, sleep? I sleep six to eight hours a night. It's yeah. been less because Jose gave me cardio this week. Fuck mm-hmm. him. Um, I had to wake up and do cardio this morning. So that's another thing. Like I'm doing cardio. It's 20 degrees out and I'm just, I'm wearing as little clothes as possible. Just make sure you cover your hands. So there's, so the skin on your, is a little aside skin on your hands, the bottom of your feet and your face and your forehead. If you keep that warm, you're fucking good. Like this is where your shit's released. So I literally have found that I can wear shorts and a t-shirt as long as I keep my head, hands, and feet warm. So I'll literally wear three pairs of socks, Thorlows and shit, and shorts, and I'll be good to go. So my goal is to get a little bit uncomfortable, and my dog hates it. My dog's like, bro, it's fucking cold. I'm a golden doodle. I'm not built for this. But that's the thing is that you read... I remember, um, Mark Vesturgeon from, uh, he started Exos. That's where I mentored through as a trainer. And, uh, he does the same shit. It's like every morning I do my cold exposure. I do my sauna. So my morning routine, I I love talking about it because it's taken me years to perfect. I wake up, I take, it's this cup right here. It's full of this, full of, uh, coffee and patch, patch mama coffee and ritual. m right now. I drink my own shit, but, um, I fill this full of water, um, put apple cider vinegar in it. Nectar, machine greens, and mental jewels, and then I take all my pills, and it's a lot of pills. And then play with my dog a little bit, get the dog fed, and then I go go in the sauna. The sauna start. I started heating it up when I first woke up. Go in the sauna for ten to fifteen minutes. Take it. I take a cold shower, as cold as it goes. Get out of there. Look down at my very very depressing small penis, and then and then I go on a walk and. And when I'm, when I'm not prepping, I still get outside and I get that sunlight and that's all about circadian rhythm and all that stuff. And my mornings propel my day. So my morning routine, like I can get by on five, six, seven hours sleep. Um, I prefer to have six to eight, but sometimes life just doesn't allow that. Like my daughter's practice didn't get out till, uh, eight 45 last night. Then I had to drive 25 minutes home. Get in. My wife had me move some shit around with the Christmas stuff. And by the time I'm, I had to shave my body, because that's what bodybuilders do, by the time I uh, it's like, it's almost 11 o'clock. Yeah. So, and I knew I had to be up the next morning to do my cardio and get my work done. So, <clears throat> you know, try to get your sleep. But the key is wake up at the same time every day and try to go to bed at the same time every night. Your body likes that shit. Like sleeping until noon like a teenager, your body doesn't like that. Get your shit right. Wake up at the same time. Now I'm not saying wake up if if you wake up at 4:30. I'm not saying do that on Saturday. Keep it reasonable. Like wake up at six. Yeah. Don't sleep until one. Try not to go out and you know do the stuff. Obviously parties happen, but you know try to keep a consistent schedule. And sure. and your body your body's like a your body's like a machine, man. Your body's so programmed to do epic shit. I just don't think people allow people don't understand how awesome the body is. And science has explained to us how to work this body. And we just aren't doing it.
0: So I have, I guess, a good wrap-up topic. It kind of ties in with the intensity we were talking about before with the training, because I think, uh, you know, before John Meadows passed, he'd been on the podcast a few times, and we talked about intensity of training. And you do see, I'd say, like more of the old school guys always talking about that. And so I'm curious your input on some of the newer. I guess you could say like evidence-based fitness community, but even the guys like uh, Mike IsraTel and guys like that, who will talk about keeping a lot of like reps in reserve, RAR, you know, keeping reps in the tank where the majority of their training is not to failure um, and, and certainly not using beyond failure techniques or anything like that. You know, they might have a week at three reps in reserve and then two reps in reserve and one, Uh, what do you, I imagine given what you said, you're not a huge fan of that type of method.
1: Well, I am for some people it depends on your goals. Like for example, is Mike Isretel, is he a, is he a strength athlete?
0: Uh, I, so, do you know Mike Isretel? I
1: I've, I've seen him. I'm not familiar with his work, but is he and I'm this is kind of rhetorical. Yeah. Is he focusing on strength or hypertrophy?
0: 100% hypertrophy. He's all about bodybuilding and hypertrophy. Okay.
1: Is he train any pros?
0: Um, I guess Jared Feather is a pro now. So okay. maybe like two.
1: Okay. Okay. Hani Rambon, FST7.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How many Olympias has Hani won multiple? like Dozens. Look, science does one thing and I love science. Like I literally just went and shit all over Callie Muscle's world with science because he said some stuff that didn't make scientific sense. So about protein safety, et cetera, et cetera. Science Mm -hmm. is my life. Science is what I do. Sometimes science and application do not go hand in hand. Now, I do agree. Every set should not be taken to failure, period. That's stupid. That will hurt you. And that will lead to central nervous system overload. Not overtraining, but central nervous system overload or overreaching, as I like to call it, which I like to do for brief periods of time. Now, I said nothing. Remember, I said nothing about going beyond failure, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm going to actually go back and say, Mike Isretel is right, sort of. Now, I do believe in drop sets. I do believe in beyond failure training, but you can't combine the two. You have either volume or intensity. And you look at Dorian Yates, who does the opposite, and obviously his methods work for a ton of people. My history tell is if you're doing two reps in the tank, that's really what we're doing though. Like, Unless you reach complete muscular failure where you can't even twitch, you're leaving something in the tank. And I would venture to guess that most bodybuilders can't train Dorian style. It takes a certain level of intensity to go beyond failure. And you have to tap into these mental and physical reserves that a beginner, even an intermediate lifter can't do. Mike Isriotel is probably like me. I don't have very advanced lifters do advanced lifting stuff, right? Like he's probably going after the beginner intermediate. Would I have, have I ever, ever had one of my athletes in high school go beyond failure or even go to failure? Not once,
0: hmm.
1: not once. So it's all about application, training intensity doesn't mean going beyond failure. Training intensity means training intensely and with focus and with purpose. So I'm training with my 13-year-old son. He's doing everything I'm doing, but we're not doing four reps. I did one drop set today out of probably 50 exercises, right? 50 mm-hmm. movements. So I agree. And um, I agree that you shouldn't take every set to failure However, when you do think things of failure, and I would love to talk to Mike about this, I see it more as a neurological thing because I look at it as the four-minute mile. The four-minute mile was not possible for most of human existence. And now we've had dozens of people run the four-minute mile because they pushed. this one guy pushed and they knew it was possible. So if you don't push your body past a point of, of, of just getting it done, Past the point of two reps in the tank. Will you ever truly know your physical and mental capabilities? So going beyond failure isn't necessarily for muscle growth. It's for the mental and neural adaptation to facilitate that muscle growth. Mm -hmm. So intensity doesn't mean beyond failure training. Intensity means training with a purpose and with a focus. So. I'll have to read up more on his stuff. But I, I do believe that scientifically, at least he's right.
0: Yeah. I was just curious because it's, it's definitely, I'd say, one of the primary debates, at least again, in like the evidence-based circles of guys who, you know, almost everybody, I think if you've got him in a room, they would say, look, it's important to train hard. You shouldn't take every set to as hard as possible. And there's probably just some debate as to, how many of those sets you should take to close to failure. But at the end of the day, I realized that the similarities are you know much greater than the differences.
1: Well, I mean, it, it's, it's the, well, should I do lightweight high reps or should I do, well, what's lightweight? Like, obviously lightweight for me is different than lightweight for my 13 year old son who weighs 96 pounds. Mm-hmm. So it's all relative. Like lightweight for Larry Meals is my fucking dream max. Right, right. You know, so it's all relative, but I will say, I think it was, um, who's the guy, who's, what was it, the guy who got run over by a train, Greg? Greg Greg Plitt. Greg Plitt. But, yeah. Okay, Greg Plitt. Greg Plitt said, we go hard in here, we, we, we make it hard in here, so it's not hard out there. And I'm paraphrasing, he said something like that. So for me, weight training is about more than physical development, It's about mental development. The same reason I take the cold showers and I end up with testicular shrinkage throughout the fucking day because it's uncomfortable and it's really uncomfortable when someone sees you naked, but it's uncomfortable. And it's the same reason I walk in cold weather in as little clothing as possible because it's uncomfortable. If you don't force yourself to get uncomfortable for me, building a dream physique, building a good body is a byproduct of building a strong mind. It's, it's a byproduct. I always say live a healthy life and eat right and train. And being sexy is just a, it's a side effect. And that's how I look at things. So I might be a little bit different than most of the bros you have on here, but I think I'm, I'm preaching some stuff that the late great John Meadows would preach. And that's that it's about more than just physicality. It's about spirituality. And for a lot of us, the gym... Is as close do we get to that nirvana with the hormones being released with the the dopamine and all these beautiful hormones and this feeling of euphoria. And for me, I'm a drug addict, but I'm addicted to the gym. Mm -hmm. That's my drug. And without the gym, I can't survive. On off days, I'm a fucking mess because I need that hit. And what a better drug to be addicted to than health and fitness, right?
0: Sure. Well, man, that, that's a good way to sign off here. And I, I know you got, I'm sure there's plenty of stuff to plug, right? You got a lot of companies, a lot of products, and people will obviously have your your Instagram, your YouTube, but where else can people find your stuff?
1: Well, you know, tigerfitness.com, that's our um, thats our nutritional retailer. You can buy everything there that we carry, which is um, I own Ambrosia Collective with Mike Rasheen and Shantar Body, 015 Nutrition with Brandon Curry, MTS Nutrition is my brand, Pump Chasers with Chris Jones. Um, We have many other brands. We carry hundreds of brands, including Blackstone Labs, including Core Nutritionals, some very good partners of ours. And of course, we're the home of the Outright Bar, the number one selling bar in the world right now. Um, And of course, Ambrosia, um, Planta, as well as Kinetic, as well as the Outright Bar available at Vitamin Shop. If you want to try them, if not, you can always go to Tiger Fitness. Um, There's going to be more variety because it's my site. Obviously, I put my shit on my site. Um, But yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Mark Lobliner. Everything's at Mark Lobliner except YouTube, which is Tiger Fitness. And uh, it's been an honor to be on here. I talked a little too much. I apologize.
0: Oh, man, you're good. You're good. This is great.
1: I'm a talker. I'm not not a cuddler, but I'm a talker.
0: (laughs) All right, man. Well, thanks again.
1: Appreciate it, brother, and we will uh, be in touch, and anything you need, just let me know.